the storm on the rise Look around, you can't deny This is the hour of heaven's time Armies gather in the east For the war that's soon to come Death will march with the mark of the beast So seek the light and walk with the sun Soon we'll see his wrath come down And the Lord descending from the sky When you hear the trumpet sound God has answered Jerusalem's cry I'm Chaplain John McTurnan, and this is our Tuesday night Bible teaching night, and we're in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 9. Well, it's actually uh, the scriptures there about um, the weeks of years, 490-year prophecy about the coming, the first coming of Jesus Christ. And then uh, we are covering the 70th week, which is uh, what happens during the tribulation period and um 
spent a good amount of time today on it. And when I get into it, to me, it looked like last time, I guess it would be last Thursday. Well, this would be the last one. But I can see that uh, we're going to need another day. <laughs> uh, this, this keeps more and more information keeps on coming. So um, we will be in Daniel's um, uh, 70th week of prophecy. A week in the Bible means uh, seven, uh, seven years. And I, I'm not proving that tonight, but I've done it already in previous um, teachings where the week, you have to look at it in context. So it's week of years, seven years. And they'll be open. Um, well, I'll say hello first. I want to make sure everybody had a good day, day today. Sister Kathy, hello. Good evening, Chaplain John. God bless you. And uh, you got home safely, I see. Got, got home safely, went over to the house, worked over there. Uh, I'm so sleepy right now. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning, and um, that is not good. And so um, I will not be hearing the amen at the final service tonight, uh, I can guarantee you. Uh, well, I know what it's <laughs> like to wake up at 4 in the morning. Yeah, but I'm not getting a book or a track or anything. Uh, uh-huh. All right. I'm getting a little frustrated because I've, uh, as I said, I've started that uh, project there about the Hebrew calendar, but I haven't been right. able to get back to it. So, yeah. all right. And then we have uh, Sister Sharon here. Hello, Sister Sharon. Yes. Hi, Chaplain John, Kathy, and everybody who's here. And, um, I, I, I am quite okay with the fact that you've got to do another week on <laughs> Daniel 70. <laughs> I just enjoy your teaching so much that, uh, you know, whatever it takes, it's what it takes. Well, maybe I'll slow everything down and I'll teach at this speed. How is that, Sister Sharon? Uh, but 140, is it 142 words a minute or 104 words a minute for proper speech? I, I don't know. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, I think it's 142. I could look it up. I mean, we learned that one in uh, junior high. That seems to be um, a lot of words to me a minute. That's more it than- sure does. It's more than one word a minute. I mean, that's that's more than two words. I mean, a second. Right, right. Well, they said that that's uh, the the comforting uh, level of speaking to somebody. You don't want to go faster, like if you're giving a speech or whatever you're doing, and you don't want to go slower because that's a calm rate, whatever it is. Well, I'll see if I can find out what it is. Whether I it's one forty-two or one hundred four. I think people from uh, New York may speak that fast, New York City in particular. But I don't know. Did you ever hear that? Faster than a New York minute, that expression? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of New York, have you heard from uh, uh, Pastor Fred? Yes, I did. I had a nice conversation. He was just exhausted and slept through. Okay. All right. Good. At least we know he's okay. Yes. And then we'll say uh, hello to... Um, uh, Sister Gigi here, and how's Randy? 
today? Um, he's here. Unfortunately, he's about the same. He's so about. To, he's about he can, to what? I'm sorry. He's about the same. Oh, I, okay. I thought you said he's about to sing. That's what it sounds like. Me too. <laughs> I'm sorry. About insane. No, he really said he's about insane, but not really. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, I just want to say hello to everybody here, and uh, I'm I'm taking my time. I'm I'm very happy. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm very happy about um, uh, the material. I got it all in order as far as I know, <laughs> and. Uh, um, we'll get we'll get going on. Oops, I want to say hello to Sister Rita. Hello, Sister Rita. Yes. Um, hello, Pastor John and everyone. All right. We'll talk later. Hi, Dom. Okay. All right. Okay. And let me get over here. Well, I guess I should open it up so you could. If anybody wants to contact me, this is. Oh, and I didn't even get it over. There we go. I got to catch that. <clears throat> I have to look at a certain place to make sure that you're seeing what I'm posting. Because to me, it's posted. But I have to look to make sure you're seeing what I posted. So there we go. All right, that's how you can contact me. And uh, this is Daniel's 70th week. And it's a very, it's a very, very important week. It's like the capstone on the prophecy. So let me open in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Lord, um, the, the, the book of Daniel was sealed until the time of the end. And we're in the time of the end now. And I ask... Um, that the word is rightly divided. This prophecy here in Daniel chapter 9 is rightly divided. And when that happens, it's a great blessing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And whatever I do is always under the blood of the everlasting covenant you made with us in Calvary. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let me come back here. I got to get to the spot where... I have to start, and I'm going to, actually I'm going to pick up where we finished last weekend, and I'm almost there, and I'm there. Now, um, last week I picked up, or I ended, the last time I taught, on the midst of the week, and that is, um, uh, in the 70th week, it talks about in the midst of the week, something is going to happen. So let me... I should actually read it. Let me find a verse here with this, that we've got the 70th week. It's probably, uh, here we go. Daniel 9:27. And he, now we have shown that, that he refers back to, uh, verse 26. That's the prince to come. And that prince to come is known by many, many titles. He's referred to as the, uh, the little horn is referred to as the beast. In the New Testament, he's referred to as the son of perdition, or the Antichrist. And then it says, he shall confirm the covenant 
with many for one week, seven years, and in the midst of the week, three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the and the uh, oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate. The it here is the, uh, when we look at verse 26, it's the sanctuary, the temple, desolate, even until the consummation, the end, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. The desolate is the prince. And so if you can see here, as we look at verse 27, it seems like uh, three and a half years looks okay here when we read this. It seems to be peace. But then it says, in the midst of the week, that's exactly three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Now, we're going to see why he's doing that. It doesn't say here in Daniel 9, 27, but the book of Revelation tells us why. And then it talks about for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. And that is the temple. And then even to the end. And so that the end is three and a half years. Three and a half years more. And and that determined shall be poured out on the desolate. So something is going to happen to the he there, the prince, at the end. All right. So let's go back to where I was. And we're looking at what happens in the midst of the week. Now, we see this um, in the New Testament. And I didn't really put these in any order, a little bit of an order. Today, I put it in order as I'm covering the verses. So maybe I'll uh, I'll put the, the uh, in chronological order like I did to cover the verses. But anyways, I'm just going to list them here now. The abomination of desolation talked about uh, in Matthew 24, 15 by Jesus Christ. Satan loses war in heaven, Revelation 12, 7. Satan and the fallen angels cast to earth, Revelation 12, 9. Now remember, all of this is happening right at the midpoint in the seventh week, three and a half years. The resurrection of the beast, Revelation 17, 8. God's two witnesses killed, Revelation 11, 7. The desecration of the third temple, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4. Beast declares he is God, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4. Ten kings desolate the whore of Babylon, Revelation 17, 6 and 7, 16 and 17. Initiation of the 666 system, Revelation 13, 16 through 18. Annulment of false covenant, Isaiah 28, 15 through 18. Beast destruction of the Jewish people, uh, 12, Revelation 12, uh, verses 13 and 14. Now that destruction there is, um, it's not complete. The Lord returns to uh, prevent the complete destruction. So now let's take a look at the scriptures and we can discuss this about why um, the midweek, what happens 
during this three and a half. What ha- it's actually right at the three and a half year mark. So it's incredible what's happening. Right now, Isaiah talks about a, uh, well, it, it's, I, you know, it's not, I don't know if false covenant is the word. They made a covenant, annulment of false covenant. I just should say what, what, what the Bible says. It should be annulment of, uh, covenant with death and hell. That's found in Isaiah 28, 15 through 18. Now, before we get into this, I'd like to say, if you search the scriptures, you'll see that there's no place in the Bible where Israel made a covenant with death and hell. Um, it's sometime in the future. And that's verified, folks, in, in a really unique way. Um, and, you know, sometimes I relate back to all that time I spent with the rabbis and anti-missionaries. And I used uh, Isaiah 28, 15, and 18 to show that the covenant with death and hell is the one that the man of sin is going to make with Israel in the tribulation period. Now, of course, they would have nothing. They wouldn't accept that. But they couldn't come up with the rabbis and anti-missionaries that I was dealing with. They could not come up with what this covenant is and who it was made with. Um, they were at a loss. And they admitted it, but they had nothing. They would definitely would not accept tribulation period and that they were deceived and everything that we believe and that the man of sin was, they were going to make a covenant with the man of sin, the beast, the antichrist, and they would not accept that. But they could not come up with any place in scriptures that this was fulfilled, nor could they come up with any time like in the future. Because they're not accepting Daniel 9, um, the prophecy there, they, not as we accept it. So I just wanted to like tell you that from my search of the scriptures and from their search of the scriptures, um, they were at a loss what this means. All right, so let's take a look at it now. Because ye have said we have made a covenant with hell, with death and with hell, are we in a, at agreement? And when the overflowing scourge, this is very important, the overflowing scourge passed through it shall not come to us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehoods have we hid ourselves. Now, this is what the Lord saying, verse 18, And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand, when the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trodden down by it. So, remember, the covenant is broken at three and a half years into it. To me, as I studied scriptures, there's no doubt that this is the covenant Daniel 9.27 is talking about. And it says here they're going to make a covenant with death and hell. Well, when we look at it, I'm comparing the two here. Daniel 9.27, and he, the beast, 
prince to come, the beast, shall make a covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Now the beast is the death in hell. That's exactly what he is. I mean, he is to get as many people into hell with him as possible. Now, um, um, with this here, and we go over to, um, here's what I believe. When we look at the whole scriptures, in the big picture of the whole scriptures, and we go to um, Revelation chapter 17, there is a... Uh, like a beast there and it's it's called the whore of babylon rides the beast now that whore of babylon is the religious system that's in play the first three and a half years and i'm, I'm leading to where this covenant comes in so we and it says in verse six that the whore was drunk with the blood of the saints and the borders uh, there was a massacre during the th first three and a half years of anyone that believed in jesus christ and would not submit to the war now we see that in revelation chapter 6 the fifth seal where under the altar is this great number of people that want their blood avenged those are the ones that have been killed by the whore so if you notice in revelation 28 15 and 18 and i mentioned this already um it talks about when the overflowing scourge shall pass through well, it's also there in, in 28 15 i don't show it right there now but what happens is i believe that israel makes a covenant well it definitely makes a covenant with the beast and they do that for protection that they will be protected when they when this scourge of the whore of babylon comes across the earth let me go back and show you that again verse 15 because ye have said we made a covenant with death and with hell are we in agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through it now remember the context of this is the tribulation period and it's the first half of the tribulation period it shall pass through and shall not come upon unto us for we have made lies our refuge and under falsehoods have we hid ourselves so um israel at this time they see the horror of babylon and whatever they do whatever it is the, the, the covenant i don't know what covenant they make with the beast i mean i i see it here they make a covenant but it, I, the only place that i see in the scriptures that i could apply to that is they made a covenant with death and hell that's with the beast are we in agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through it shall not come to us so the beast is protecting Israel for some reason. I don't know what the reason is, but that's the deal. So Israel makes the covenant because there's a scourge 
going through the earth. And what that scourge is, is none other than the whore of Babylon, drunk with the blood of the saints and martyrs, killing everyone who will not submit to the whore. To this pagan, really classic pagan religion. And the beast is saying, I'll give you, uh, I'm going to make this covenant with you, and that you will be protected from it. Then, in the so it's working for three and a half years. Israel is protected. But then we get to verse 18, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled. That's when the beast, three and a half years, um, goes into the, uh, breaks and stops the sacrifice and the oblation. And your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through it. Now, at this point, in the context of everything that's going on, this is halfway through the tribulation period. This is in the last three and a half years. You shall be trodden down by it. So in the first three years, they're protected. In the last three years, uh uh-uh, the scourge comes upon them. And when we tie that in with with, um, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8 and 9, which is during this period of time, um, two-thirds of Israel is going to die during this period. One-third will remain, and they at, at the uh, they are alive at the second coming of uh, Christ, and he they turn to him, and he protects them. They're going to recognize him as the Messiah. So I'm hoping I'm making this clear. I want to spend as much time as possible taking Isaiah 28:15 which would be the first half of the tribulation period the antichrist protects Israel and the scourge of the whore is going through the earth untold numbers are dying because they will not submit to the whore so the whore is pure paganism it's a pagan uh, system with pagan gods. And then we'll, I'll get into and show you what happens at the, when he stops the uh, sacrifice and oblation. That's the beast. Uh, then, then I'll show you what happens in the second half. Okay. Um, so the beast with this here covenant with death and hell, that is the man of sin, the son of perdition, the antichrist, the beast, some of his titles. They make a covenant with death and hell with hence person. Death and hell is a person thinking they're safe, but they've made a covenant with lies. And the first scourge going through the earth is the horror of Babylon. But the second one is the beast himself. And that's when he turns on Israel to destroy it. All right. Now, at this exact time, God's two witnesses killed right at the 3.5 year period of time so we can see that from revelation 11 3 and i will give power to my witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth so starting at the uh, when the covenant is made folks that's when god releases his two prophets upon the earth um, and they are warning and giving notice and 
warning about the man of sin, who he is. They're warning about the second coming of Jesus Christ, God setting up his kingdom. Um, now, and here we go to verse 7. And when they had finished their testimony, that's three and a half years, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit. Now, that is that reference. The beast, there he is. And you'll see probably next week I'll show you the, his, his title is Beast in the Old Testament also. She'll send out, send out of the bottomless pit. She'll make war against them and overcome them and kill them. Now, it says the beast shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. When we look at um, Revelation 13, he receives a f fatal wound, a head wound, and I believe he dies. And that's him. Of course, when he dies, he goes straight to hell. And the beast that ascendeth out of bottomless pit shall make war against them. That's against um, the two prophets. And shall kill them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. So I don't want to end there. I want to end with the good news. Uh, verse 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. So right at this point were the oblation and sacrifice pieces. Because Israel is functioning again with temple worship. They're following the law of Moses and they're performing the sacrifices that are necessary under the law of Moses. And at this point uh, is when the beast, he, I believe he kills the two prophets here in Revelation 7. And then he goes into the temple. And the first thing he does is he stops the sacrifices and oblation. And so this, what I'm, what I'm saying here, is what, what I just read to you with these scriptures here in Revelation chapter 11 about the two prophets and the, the sacrifices and the oblation cease is happening like same day. And it's three and a half years into the tribulation period. Now, there's more that's going to happen. So God's two witnesses are killed. Oh, 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 oh. Let me back up. Very, very important. And um, I, I think I've overlooked this. I'm not sure if I taught this before. But verse 7 says, And when they had finished their testament, that's the two prophets, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them and kill them. That resurrection of the beast that takes place apparently is very close to the midpoint to that three and a half years. So he makes the treaty with Israel. At some point after that, he's killed. Revelation 13 talks about the fatal, the wound to his head. And then he's resurrected. And he's resurrected right near the time that this takes place. And this is, I think, adding to his... Um, it was the, the people on the earth know he was killed and then he's resurrected and then he kills these two prophets that no one could stop no one could touch so this is exalting him as uh, superman he died he's alive he kills these two prophets 
and I believe this is one of the um, the setup to for the people to accept him to worship him. All right, so we're following this, and we go to the abomination of desolation, <clears throat> Matthew twenty four fifteen. Now the context of this is um, the Lord is on the Mount of Olives. He's just left the temple with his disciples. He's, they're sitting on top of the Mount of Olives, which overlooks the, the temple. And they, they want to know. The disciples want to know certain things. And one of them is about the destruction of Jerusalem and then his coming. So here he's talking about the, uh, the future. Because um, the Lord said there's going to be no stone left upon a stone regarding the temple. But then he's talking about the future before he comes. And he says to them, when, the, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, there it is. That's the prophecy that Daniel made in the 70th week. The abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place that's the temple whosoever readeth let him understand so now what I should have done is had Daniel 927 available and I'm gonna have to stretch back or go back here and here it is Daniel 927 and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week all right, that's the beast, men of sin, and uh, the covenant is a covenant with death and hell. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. That's what we're covering right now. And what happens after that? For the overspreading of abominations, there's the abomination, he shall make it desolate. The abomination of desolation. This is what the Lord is referring to right here in Daniel is referring to the abomination of desolation it says he the abomination he shall make it desolate okay so now we go back uh, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place whosoever readeth let him understand because Israel had been protected up to now. This is midway in the tribulation. This is, this is the exact midway. And this is when the Antichrist, um, it's because here in, in Daniel, excuse me, in Matthew 24, 15, it, the Lord says the abomination of desolation stand in the holy place. That's a reference to the man of sin, the Antichrist, the beast. And then he's telling the people flee because tremendous persecution is coming. So you see how that's tying together this, what, what Matthew 24, 15 is saying, this is halfway through the tribulation period because God, you know, Jesus is referring back to Daniel 9, 27, which is tells us that this happens right midway. So now we go to the desecration of the third temple. And the peace declares he is God. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.4. This is talking about the man of sin. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God 
or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So I think there may be a little bit more to this, I, I, that the uh, beast is going to bring in his image, the image of the beast, and he's going to set it up in, in there. So it's like, it's like a double abomination. It's the man of sin in there and his image are in the, um, the Holy of Holies here. So that is what the abomination of desolation is. It's the man of sin going into the temple that's functioning during the tribulation period, kills the two prophets, stops the sacrifice and the oblation, goes into the Holy of Holies and declares that he is God and he's got his image with him and he places it in there. That's what's happening right at that point that Daniel 9.27 talks about. And, and halfway through, you know, the sacrifices stop and then all of this is happening. So let me read this again. The abomination of desolation, Matthew 24.15 when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place that's standing in uh, the holy place there would be the holy of holies whoever readeth let him understand now the new testament second thessalonians 2 4 is talking about that who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called god or that is worshiped so that he is God, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I like the way that ends, showing himself that he is God. So going into the Holy of Holies there is a way of him proving that I'm God. So there it is. That happens right smack in the midst of the week, right after he kills God's two prophets. I believe he goes into the temple, and that's what happens. And that's referred to by the Lord as the abomination of desolation. Now, also coinciding with this is tremendous stuff, folks, happening right at the three and a half year period. Um, and I don't go to, I don't show you it here, but I, in context, uh, looking at it, it this is, there's scriptures here showing when this is taking place time-wise. And there was war in heaven, Revelation 12, 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels. So there's the war in heaven right at this period of time. And the great dragon was cast out of uh, that old serpent, excuse me, was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Now, the beast, uh, because Satan is using uh, his his man on earth now, the beast, uh, to try and destroy the Jews. Revelation twelve thirteen. And when the dragon saw he was cast onto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. So this is all tied together now. Matthew 24, 15 right at the midpoint of the tribulation, the abomination of desolation. Satan's cast out of heaven. He loses the war, him and his angels. 
They were cast into the earth. This is right halfway. And immediately it talks about him persecuting the woman. There was no talk of persecution before that because of the covenant with death and hell. So when we kind of parse through this, we can see that the purpose of that covenant was Israel was going to be protected by some political figure. There's no doubt he's a political figure. Maybe he's a military general or great military genius or something. And they make a covenant with him. Now, I don't know what they agreed to. We know what he agreed to do with them. But what did they agree to do for him? I don't know. I don't know. So here's what happens in the midst of the week. Uh, Satan loses the war. Satan and his fallen angels are cast to the earth. And as soon as he casts, he's cast to the earth, he looks to destroy the Jews. Death and resurrection of the beast. Uh, Revelation 17.8 And the beast that thou sawest was, I already mentioned it, but this is kind of more, more detail with it. Uh, was and is not. And so he was, he is not, he died, and, is, and then ascended out of the bottomless pit. That was just before midway during the tribulation period. And go into perdition. When Christ returns, he's going directly into the lake of fire. And they that dwelleth on the earth shall wonder whose names are not written in the book of life from the, from the foundation of the world. When the behold the beast that was, it is not, yet is. So they are going to be in awe of him. He's probably going to say he resurrected himself from the dead and all. And that's going to be part of them receiving the mark of the beast because he was dead and he's resurrected. Then he killed two of God's prophets. So, and he's declaring that he's God. So the masses of people are going to fall for it. And then what happens midway through this, uh, the three and a half years there, uh, the whore is killed or destroyed. And the whore is the religious system. So it's not all the people on the earth. It is the uh, hierarchy. It is the structure of this paganism. So Revelation 17, 16, and 17. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God had put it in their hearts to fulfill his will, to agree, and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. So the whore... The political system, which was the beast and the kings with him, and the religious system, the whore, were all one. They were working together. And then halfway through, the kings uh, exalt the beast because they they think he's God. He, he was dead and he, everybody saw him. His head was, I don't know, blown off or whatever happened. And they know he was, it was a funeral, he was buried, and here he is back. Um, so they're going to give all their power to him. For God had put it in their hearts to fulfill his will, 
and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God be fulfilled. So right again, this is all, all this stuff is happening right on top of each other. Uh, right then and there, when the beast goes into the temple to declare that he is God, they give him, you're it. We, we give you all the power. We're with you. You've got all the power. And they, I guess he gives a decree out all over the world. And they, they kill the whore. They kill all the, I'm going to say priests of the whore, the high priest of the, the pagan system. All of that is destroyed. And then we go to the initiation of the 666 system. This happens. He goes in, he declares he's God. The political system lines up behind him. They're in the process of destroying the whore. And then, uh, he, this, this is the decree that's made. Revelation 13, 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Herein is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score and six, or six, six, six. Now you go to Revelation 14, and there is a warning in there. God's pleading with the people not to take the mark. And if they do, um, they are, I mean, God is, there's a great indignation on his part. In fact, let me read it. I don't have it here, but as we're talking about it, let me go to Revelation 14. All right, we'll start at, um, it was actually three angels that are giving warnings. And uh, every, uh, the, the, the three angels are preaching to um, all them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And they're warning not to take, among things, not to take the mark of the beast. So here we go. And the third angel, this is starting at verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark on his forehead or on his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worshiped the beast and his image. Whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So... That's tied in with this system right here. Uh, so this is the, I call it the 666 surveillance system. It's put in place, and whoever does not take this mark here, which means they're worshiping the beast, uh, they are slain. They are slain. Now, everything that I just um, discussed with you, here, 
Uh, everything that I just discussed with you, again, is right at that critical point in Daniel 9.27 in the midst of the week when he stops the sacrifice and oblation. And then the abomination of desolation comes in. So this is how um, Daniel and Revelation are tied together. It's the same time period, um, and it's the tribulation period. It's happening right before the second coming of Jesus Christ, at the very end, where it talks about uh, the desolate there is going to get what he deserves in Daniel 9.27. That is, it's Jesus Christ who inflicts the, uh, the beast and the false prophet will be thrown directly into the lake of fire. That's his end. That's his end. And that's also prophesied in Daniel chapter 7, which hopefully we'll get to next week. So what I'm going to do is because I, co I covered a lot of material here, and I want to make sure that it's clear. And apparently Sharon, uh, not Sharon, but Kathy, uh, was so tired, uh, she's gone. Uh, but uh, Gigi, yes, hello, Gigi. Yes, I had a question as you were teaching, but I can't remember what it is now. I was trying to pay really close attention. So I, I just want to verify with you that the beast does actually die. It's not as, because the wording was, as if dead, as but that means he did die. Yeah, yeah, it, it says fatal wound in there. Okay. Okay, I just, because I'm not reading the scripture, so but I was paying really close attention. No, that's really, it's really good. I'm glad you went over that again. Well, that, that, yeah, I, 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 just, I just gave you the uh, overview last week, but I wanted to get into the details here <laughs> to show how... The book of Revelation and Daniel really tie together. So it does, Dan too. <laughs> yeah, Daniel gives you that break in three and a half years, and something happens. And after he stops the sacrifice and oblation, the um, when you read on in Daniel, it's like it's like chaos. It's mm -hmm. like the abomination that makes desolate and all of this and. It's happening, and uh, so something is triggered right at that three-and-a-half-year period, and the book of Revelation tells us in detail what happened, what was triggered. So that's what I wanted everybody to grasp tonight. That was good. I just, I, I remembered the question now. So he kills the two prophets. Yes. But then at what point... Are they taken up? Three and a half days after he kills them. Three, okay. Three and a half days. So what I think happens now, he kills them. He immediately, uh, he's, they're killed in Jerusalem. And they may be killed right in front of the temple. Okay. That So then he immediately goes <laughs> in to the temple, probably with an armed guard. And they stop the Levites from sacrificing and uh, oblation there is a like non-blood offering right and uh they go into the temple of god he's he brings his um 
the image of the beast with him. And it is set up in there. And he, uh, in the, inside the Holy of Holies there, he declares that he is God. And then immediately, and immediately, uh, he gives orders. And the whore of Babylon, that whole system, is killed. You know, like priests, high priests, I, I don't know whoever else, but that whole system is destroyed. And then his king, well, actually what happens is the kings there are probably with him. And they acknowledge that they're worshiping him because he's demanding worship. So they worship him. He gives them orders to destroy the beast. Excuse me. He gives them orders to destroy the whore of Babylon. So they execute it. So this is all happening like the same time. So is that, is that actually with, is what you're saying is that is all happening within that three and a half day period? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. I yeah. have a question. Oh, Randy has a question. Sure. John? Yes, Randy. After, when Christ comes back, he kills the Antichrist. And then after that, during that 30-day period, the Antichrist is resurrected and thrown into the lake of fire. Is there any problem with the fact that the Antichrist was resurrected twice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't see that second one. You know, he's cast. He's cast bodily. There's war. You want me to read it to you? Yes, please. Revelation 19. Hang on. Let me get to it. It's Revelation 19. And there's war when the Lord returns. the Antichrist has got his um, his army together there at Armageddon and over in, into Jerusalem, and so he's using, you know, carnal. Uh, I don't. Maybe maybe they got nuclear bombs. I don't know. Missiles, guns against the Creator of the universe. Right. So we go down to verse fourteen, and and the Lord is returning from heaven, and it says, and the armies which were in heaven followed him. Upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And uh, then out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. He, that's it, he just speaks the word. Right. He'll rule over them with a rod of iron. And then we look here and it says, um, uh, And I saw the beast, in verse 19, And the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together, to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And then you, you look to verse 20. And the beast was taken. This is at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before them, which had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Okay. And the remnant was slain with the sword, with him that sat on the horse, and which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls of the uh, were filled with their flesh. So you see, he's speaking the word, and they were slain yes. with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. That's the word of God. 
Okay, that's Thanks. good. That really that clears it up. Thanks. I'm glad you're going over this. I I explained that to you before that it just made it so much clearer because I didn't get the I didn't get the significance of the image and the base. Yeah. You know, together. But you yeah. explained that. So now that's really clear. So when you're reading it, I'm not always asking questions well, about that. Yeah. And, now, now, Gigi, you brought up something that comes right into play right here. Remember I had shared about uh, ancient Rome, pagan Rome? Yes. And when, right. they, when they conquered a country, they, they didn't destroy the temple and pagan worship of that country. What they did was they had to uh, bring a a bust of um, of Caesar and put it in their temple right. and right. Worship, worship him as one of their gods. So instead of putting a bust in the temple, the beast is putting his image in the temple. Right, right. But it's it, it's interesting because that historical information is important to understand this because. I've never heard anybody actually explain it like that. So if you look at history, then you can see, because when he was writing the book, everybody would have understood that in the book of Revelation. Uh huh. They, they would have understood that because that was part of the cultural context of the time they were. So it's just for us where we don't, you know, we don't have that. We don't see that unless, right. you know, we go to Europe or something. But um, but that was very, very helpful because the terminology kind of was confusing to me. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thank you for reading that scripture. So we had yeah. that straightened out, too. Right. Thank you. Right, 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 right. So there was a there's a lot of things happening in mid-tribulation, but they're scattered now, they're in Book of Thessalonians. They're in Matthew. They're in different chapters of other in Daniel 9, uh, 27. You know, they're in Revelation 12 or Revelation 17. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah uh, 28 there. So that's why I wanted to put it all in one spot and not just give you a summary, but actually read the scriptures about it. Right. Um, and I... I especially appreciated you talking about that. The, I mean, I, I had read that before, but when the um, the two witnesses are killed, I do remember they were giving each other gifts. Yeah, they during, were partying. They, they were dead. They, they were partying. Yes, because that's kind of like a type of Jesus's death and resurrection. Yeah, three and a half days, yeah. Right, three and a half days. And I'm sure that there were some people that were celebrating that he was dead. Uh, I, well, yeah, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they very well may have. They got rid of the Nazarene, right? Right. He was a troublemaker yeah, in their it, mind. Yeah, but it got worse for them. It got worse sure did. All right. Well, well I thank feel you. that yeah, was very good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's, see, I've been saying, all well for quite a while that the 70th week of daniel is really power packed i mean if if you don't know the book of revelation let's say and you just read it it's it's oddly worded you know it's a little oddly worded about the desolate and the abominations and we poured out upon the desolate and all 
it's a little confusing, but if you've got the background, like I just shared with you, I mean, it's awesome. It's setting the, it's literally the foundation of the, of a big chunk of the book of Revelation. It's very, it's, it's nice that you allow us to ask the questions too when you're done, because that helps to solidify it for me. It helps me to solidify, okay, I understand this or I don't understand this. And then having you explain it to us is very, very good. I really appreciate that. We both do. Well, I felt because <laughs> there was so much tied together here that I wanted to make sure everybody understood. So let me ask uh, Sharon. Sharon, is there anything that you want to discuss? Well, um, one thing I do want to say, Chaplain John, is that I am so glad that we took all that time to study revelations right. and stuff because right. it makes everything you're talking about with Daniel and everything we can set it in its little box where it belongs all along the book of revelations. Right. And so right. Just, right. It's just so handy and just so helpful and those are the notes that I really have written down quite well before I got sick is uh, all the revelations and stuff so I got that to go to when I need it and um, but it's just so interesting to listen to you put Daniel in place with revelations uh, yeah yeah and so that prophecy in Daniel is um the 70th week like i said is so important and yes. it um it sets the stage it doesn't say anything about christ coming uh right there because it does talk about him coming the first time and he's um killed but not for himself and right, it, right. It does, but it doesn't go on to a second coming in fact i'm running a little ahead of myself let me hold back here now um Rita, do you have any uh, comments or questions? Um, I think I understand everything you're you're, you're talking about. Uh, but at the beginning of the three and a half years, didn't does not the word of the word of the Lord uh, cause it a treaty? They started, they signed a treaty with Israel. Yeah. And then in the through the midst of the okay. Right. Right. But the thing is, why, you see, why did they sign the treaty? Why did he make a treaty with Israel? Because as I laid this out, can you see how the treaty that Israel made, the covenant that Israel made, was protection, for protection? Yeah. And so for three well, and a half like, years, like yeah, so for three and a half years, they're protected. But notice the whore of Babylon is drunk with the blood of the uh, saints and martyrs. Yeah, let me show you this. Now, here's the covenant in Isaiah 28, 15. Because you have said we've made a covenant with death and with hell, we are in agreement. Um, see, let me go back in front of it. Uh, when, the when the overflowing scourge shall pass through it, it shall not come upon us. So what's the over, what, what's, what's this overflowing scourge? So when you look in the book of Revelation, you've got all this huge number of saints under the altar. 
in uh, Revelation chapter 6, the fifth seal there. They're under the altar and they're crying out to have their blood avenged by the Lord. And when you go to Revelation 17 with the whore of Babylon, the pagan religious system that's in play, it says that the, the whore was drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrs. So there's a massacre going on on earth of everyone that they can find that won't submit themselves to the whore. That's what the beast is protecting Israel from. And Israel thinks they're safe uh, until you get to verse 18. And your co- that's Isaiah 28, 18. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trodden down by it. That's the second half. When he goes in and declares that he's God, and then he turns and he wants to kill all the Jews. So they're protected in the first half. But once he goes into the temple declaring he's God, he comes after them. And that's what verse 18 kicks in. Your covenant with death and hell shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trodden down by it. And then the Lord's coming saves them. Well, do you not think that if they would have accepted the Antichrist, he would not have killed him? Say, say that again. I think it's because they have not accepted the Antichrist, yes. that the Antichrist is going to kill all the rest of the Jews. Yeah, they don't. When he goes in and declares he's God, they, they turn immediately from him. They don't. They they don't buy into that, and that's when he starts to kill them. He may try and right. kill, them, kill them anyways, because I mean he's well, com- yeah, completely he... possessed by Satan. Yeah. Okay. And then we have, I think this is Twizzle here. Is this Twizzle? Yes, it is I myself. Tis I. I am am just driving home from the Panera's donation, so I'm just listening. I didn't get to hear previously, so I I can't even ask a decent question, so I beg my pardon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye now. And uh, there's someone in here who's remaining uh, that's an unknown caller uh, do you have a comment or question or you're just in here uh, listening so we're just listening that's fine okay uh, john yes john may yes. i ask one more question i mean i think you've said it but i just want to make sure because that word scourge they scourge jesus uh-huh. and it's it can be a famine, it could be a plague, it could be a lot of things, but how are you, can you just define that in the context again, one more time? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm putting it in the context of what's happened, why they made the covenant. They made a covenant with death and hell. Why? It says when the overflowing yep. scourge They'll pass through. It shall not come unto us. So they know something's happening on earth. They know it. And this is the Jews we're talking about. 
So right. I I don't know. I only you can only know at least as far as I know the scriptures. I don't know how they approached him, how he approached them, how uh, what he's doing now. Remember, he's the government. The the whore is the religious system, but he's the government. So he's in with killing the government. Is in there with killing uh, all the people that won't uh, submit to uh, you know won't um, that submit to Christ. So they're protected from this massacre because they're not they're not part of the war okay so so you're interpreting that i mean it looks like i mean that is right i think but so you're you're interpreting scourge as a massacre right yes okay i just wanted to make sure i thought that's what it was but it can be used in a lot of different ways so i just want to make sure uh, as we're talking, I'm looking it up, and it means to whip a lash, literally or figuratively, scourge, whip. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so if you look at the first part, they're protected. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made okay. lies our refuge. And falsehood have we hid ourselves. Now you look at verse 18, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled. When is it disannulled? Halfway through the tribulation period. Your agreement yes. with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trodden down by it. So the overlasting, the overlasting scourge happens to them right after the mid-tribulation period okay so the, i think for me the key is trodden down so it's scourge trodden down uh they're to i mean they're together they're related so that makes that makes i mean uh you know we i i understood what the word meant but i just didn't understand because it doesn't say well they can obviously see it's coming or it's happening Yes, that's it. That's why they did this, because they could see it happen. You know, there was lead into it. I don't think it just started on one day. They they saw what was happening. The Jews saw what was okay. happening. And okay, that's good. they're not going to worship the whore of Babylon. So yeah. the Antichrist cuts a deal with them. But what were they doing for him? That's what I don't know. I know what he was doing for them. But not what were they doing for him? They were fortifying his power. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they were. It looks like they were fortifying his power by by submitting to him in a covenant. I mean, they, in a sense, they're acknowledging that, in a sense, like he's he's the king. He's, great, the, he's the great protector. Yeah. 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 But I mean, if that if that's what he liked and he accepts that, all right. You know. Right. Right. But that's that's really good. Thank you so much. All right. Um, to be uh, trodden down by it means abasement, uh, thread down, to be trodden down underfoot. Okay. So, like I said, I, I mean, things are going along in a certain way during the first half of the tribulation, then it seems to be in order. 
Um, now it's brutal what they're doing, but there seems to be an order. And then all of a sudden you get to that magic, I don't know when necessary magic to this critical, literally you know, the middle of it and bam, all of this is happening. And then the antichrist, the beast, he's in power and he's killing everyone that, um, will not submit to him. So the whore is killing everyone that won't submit to her. Then he, he kills off the whore and then has everybody to worship him. So until Christ comes, that's what it looks like what's happening. He's busy about exterminating all of those that won't worship him, take the mark of the beast. And then he runs into right at the end there, the Lord's coming. And Paula Jean is here. Hello, Paula Jean. Hi. I was watching you on Rumble, but after Gigi asked her last question, a question popped up in my thoughts. So I had to call in. My question has to do with, oh, no, someone's calling me. Um, my question had to do with um, if the Jews are going to be subjected to the scourge, doesn't, okay, even if, if they haven't received Jesus yet, if they die during the scourging, are they going to be forgiven? Because God was saving the end of the tribulation to bring, you know, the truth to the Jews and have them receive Jesus. So well, I'm confused as to... No, there's no reason place. to be confused. I mean, a lot of them might die and believe in him. Okay, so remember. if a lot of them die believing in Jesus yes, and having yes. received him, yes. obviously yes. they would they yes. would be received into right. into heaven. Right. But the ones that hadn't really heard or recognized what was going on, they mistakenly had uh, followed the you know the enemy. Uh, and then when they uh, refused to believe he was God, got punished for refusing to believe he was God, but they hadn't yet received Jesus. In other words, they were still waiting for their Messiah because they recognized he was not the Messiah they thought he might be. Right? There's no so, way around Paula Jean, there's no way around it. I mean, some... The, they have to believe that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood to pay the penalty okay. for this. So there may be some Jews lost in that period of time. Yeah, I mean, listen, now put it in context. Okay. you got the two prophets. They're Jews. And that was at midpoint that they gave they, their testimony? They, they, they killed at midpoint, yeah. But they're, and half years. they're okay. there telling everybody Christ's coming and and follow him and turn to him and all. So mm -hmm. Israel heard the two prophets, and then you have the 144,000 witnesses. Israel And they've heard. been doing it during that time, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not fretting anymore. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so there may have Bye -bye. been many, many, many that believed and died, but at the end all the Jews that are alive at Christ's coming will have turned to him. All Israel shall yeah. be saved. Yeah. 
But when okay. we when we look at the process there in uh, Zechariah uh, thirteen nine, it says that two thirds are going to perish off the land. So I don't know what the number will be because Israel could be uh, really uh, what would be the word um, hold down. I mean, because right now I guess there's about eighteen million Jews. Worldwide, mm-hmm. somewhere around there, maybe a little less. Uh, but through wars and everything that's happening there, instead, we'll just say 15. Instead of 15, there may be uh, 10, you know, nine, or, mm-hmm. and two thirds of them will die. So there could be three million Jews left when the Lord returns. There could be a lot less, you know, that because we just don't know because right. all all what's happening. Uh, the Antichrist, the beast is trying to kill them and also it's going to be uh, much smaller numbers than you see now. Well, I think what I'll be doing is starting to the, include them the end time choose in my prayers that the Holy Spirit really speak clearly to them. I mean, he's speaking now to the people in Iran. And so if he can do that, he can do that to the Jews that might not have their minds made up. <laughs> Anyway, I just really want the Lord to have a lot of his people uh, safe. That's all. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's all. Thank you very much. You've given me more peace because you've given me the time frame of when they were receiving the news they needed in order to understand what had taken place. Well, just remember that there's two two prophets that are turning – the world upside down because um, um, they uh, when they're killed. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. it's party worldwide. It's a party time, so they're not. This isn't being done in a corner. Um, no. There, so right. Israel's going to be hearing the two prophets. Yeah, and my thing is that are you always hear that the whole world will know it. The whole world will be able to see them. And yeah. if it wasn't for the uh, internet and everything that we got going now, it wouldn't happen. Right. Yep. We know, and and as everything keeps on expanding exponentially, we know it won't be long before mm-hmm. this happens. Yeah. The way yeah. That and there's going to be the 144,000. So yeah. Israel yeah. is going to be primed, Paula, Paula Jean. Um, they're going to hear a lot of truth and they're going to be hearing it before the uh, mid-tribulation there. Okay. Hearing it from the two prophets, 144,000. So the Antichrist turns on them and proclaims that he's God. They have no part of it at all. And a lot of them may be at that point turning to Christ. Maybe. No? Sounds good. Sounds and, much more promising than yes, what I yes. am just going into. Yes, and then, <laughs> then it's pared down at the end to however many, and it might not be many. Yeah, very good. Well, we praise the Lord for good students like you, the dig and dig and dig, oh. and the blessing of, of, of having what you find uh, made available to those who are fortunate enough to be led to you. 
well, you know, to your program. God's, God's prophetic word is very important because, um, first of all, it was the prophetic word that led me to salvation in Christ. But it's he has, so much of it is in his word. I mean, his word is is like um, like a third prophecy. The book of Revelation says, Blessed is he that read and they that hear the word of this testimony and keep those things which are written in it therein for the for the time is at hand. So the, yeah. there's a great blessing understanding the book of Revelation. Absolutely. Uh, and then in Daniel, in Daniel, it says clearly in the scriptures, in Daniel 12, that the book is sealed up till the time of the end. It's impossible to understand it until the time of the end. And certainly we're on top of the time of the end right now. So God right. wants Amen. us to know it. He wants us to know it. Yes. Um, so it's important then. That I, 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 it may be uh, exhorting. It may be exhortation for us. It may be settle us down when we know the prophetic uh, sequence and what's happening. It may, um, what's the word? Give us assurance and, and settle us down right. inside. Give us an anchor for our faith in yeah. addition to all of the other blessings that God has given yeah. us in keeping us strong. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, but the prophetic word, he wants us to know, and there's no reason. First of all, we're blessed. The, the book of Revelation is a blessing to us. It's not a cursing. Mm -hmm. It's not something that it's impossible to understand. And then the book of Daniel is wide open for us to understand. Now, because of the time we're in. Yeah, now's the time. And what a blessing. Mm -hmm. Now, Sharon, have you been, been patrolling the chat room? Uh, yeah, I have, I have been looking. And it's just been all kind of, it's kind of calm and quiet. You know, just people just, saying hi to each other, that type of thing. But uh, nobody's uh, had the question or anything. So, of course, we didn't tell them to write it in there at the beginning. So they might not have. But, Chaplain John, I want to let you know, and everybody who's listening and hear this, that I do have all of your Revelation studies in a video uh, file uh, on the telegram. So if anybody wants to be able to get to them to study them and to hear them, you know, I know you have them on your pages too, but right. Um, right. It's all one, one file. Okay. So I just wanted to let you know. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yes. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Paula Jean, you're in the uh, Telegram, so I could get with you real easy and get you to them. Thank you. I didn't know we were going to need to request it. I thought I was going to go to Telegram to your site and look up the files. Yeah. So thank you for clarifying. No, no, you don't, yeah, you don't need to request them or anything like that, but if you're having trouble getting to them, you know. Okay. Just, um, just let you that, know. That, that, yeah. All Bless right. You. Well, I guess we... Uh, John? We, yes, hello. I'm sorry. Yeah, we I, is were that a voice crying in the wilderness? I heard a voice <laughs> crying in the wilderness. It is. It is. We were just discussing, uh, I'm glad you brought up the 144,000, but 
in the timeline of events, where does that occur? Well, here's, yeah, let me go back to Revelation chapter 7. And show because this. they're going into the whole earth, but then the, the two witnesses are in Jerusalem, but as was stated, probably the entire world can see that because that's how they're all celebrating and giving each other presents. All right. It's, oh, yeah, they're, they're really, well, they hate the two prophets, you know. Uh, so we go to Revelation chapter 7. Now, this is very important. I'll, I'll take time explaining this. Revelation 7.1. Now, the, the uh, Revelation chapter 6 is the release of six seals. Revelation 7 has nothing to do with seals or anything else. I call it a look back. It's going before the seals are opened and judgments are falling. After these things, I saw four angels stand on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor the tree. When I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt, uh, to hurt the, no, I'm missing something here. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, nor the sea, nor the trees, that we have sealed the servants of God in our foreheads. Now, this is very important. In Revelation chapter 6, in the sixth seal, Jesus Christ has returned. Heaven is rolled back like uh, the earth. The heaven is rolled back like a scroll, and they're hiding their face from him that sitteth on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb. Uh, so here, this is before, this is before any judgments fall on the earth. Do you, do you understand that? Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it says, and I heard the number of them which were sealed. And here were the, the sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes, the children of Israel. Then it names them, 12, names 12 tribes. So, this happens before the tribulation starts. Oh, okay. All right. Now, there's, because, no, there's yeah. no more. That's very important. So they're selected. They're like, it's like God's army selected just before the war begins. Okay. All right. Now we go to Revelation chapter 14. And there's no discussion of them. Until we get to 14. Now, 14 is midway in the tribulation, and I'll show you. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having the Father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the, the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000, which were redeemed from the earth. So God had called them uh, before, and they had a mission to do, and it said they were redeemed from the earth. These are they which had not defiled, 
with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These are they redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Now, when I see first fruits there, um, let me word this properly. I mean, there, we can't be on earth then because first fruits, that's like leading into the tribulation period. That's their purpose. They were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So do you understand that? Yes, I do. That's really interesting. All right. Now, following this immediately, and the message of the three angels, there's three angels that are have a message for the people on earth, and it says to every nation, every kindred, every tongue, and every people, they're all going to hear this. Yes. And then we come down, and and uh, it comes down to um, uh, verse 8. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen. Um, oh, uh, verse 9. And the, and the third angel following them, say it with a loud voice, loud voice. And everybody on earth is going to hear this. If any man worshipped the beast and his image, and received a mark on his forehead or hand, the same shall drink the wrath, the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture. So that's mid tribulation. Yes. So yes. after the mid tribulation, there is no more witness from the two prophets. There's no more witness by the 144,000. Okay. All right. So for the first three and a half years, there's a big witness on earth. The final one, they hear an angel from heaven declaring it. And then everybody's going to hear it on heaven, uh, on earth. Do you, do you follow me? Yes, I do. Okay. That's, so that's great. That's, that's the last that, that I know of. That's the last witness then. They, God, the, the prophets have witnessed, the 144,000 have witnessed, an angel from heaven with a loud voice, and it says that every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, they've heard it, and now don't take the mark of the beast. And, 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 uh, look for the second, look, look for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's really good. I know, I, I understand what first fruits are, but I don't know if everybody does. Would you mind uh, defining it? Well, like the Lord was the first, he's the first fruit and we follow, you know, he's the, um, the, uh, the first of, uh, I can't define it any more than first fruits. Uh, okay. there, there was the first fruit offering uh, when the Lord was uh, on, after the Lord was crucified. They had the, they would have the, it uh, was a, a, one of the uh, feasts there. The first fruits, it's yeah. the first offering to the Lord was like many more to come. Yeah. It was also a quality. Yeah. It was also the best fruit. Oh, yeah, that it's right. That's that true. Was, it's the best fruit. That's yeah. true. 
That's true. That's good. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time about the 144,000 and then the two witnesses. That is so that should make Paula Jean happy. Uh-huh. That everybody heard, everybody heard it twice. Well, well, I yeah. think that's good. It was a blessing that I had a question and that you had a question to follow. John, we got to hear a lot of good answer. Okay. Yes, John, Randy. yes, Randy. I want to put in a plug for us that are Berean. <laughs> uh, you know, I knew you were going to be talking about Daniel nine tonight. Yes. And I'm and I'm not feeling very well. But I read Daniel 9 before tonight's meeting, and I will read it again. Because it says you'll be blessed if you read Revelation and if you hear it. Well, I think it reinforces everything you say if I go back and actually read the scriptures. Okay. Well, now, now listen. I'm 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 really serious about this. I mean, there are so many churches that run from the Book of Revelation. It's and the preachers don't preach. It's too confusing. It's it causes disruption and and all of this. Well, what does it say? It's a blessing. The Bible. I mean, the whole the, the Word of God is a blessing. But there's one book, and I don't know of any other book. I'm trying to stretch my mind on this. I don't know if any other book says there's a great blessing when you read it. Yeah. So why would you not? I mean, it's a blessing. I You don't run from it. It's the preacher's job to get grounded in it. And if the people won't receive it, I mean, then there's something radically wrong. But you should be grounded in it and teaching it because the Bible says it's a great blessing. Well, and I think, you know, the discussion a little bit ago where I think that is one reason where if you can understand these things, it makes me feel not afraid. Well, that's you what know, I had to, mentioned. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right, there's a, exactly. There's a, but I'm there's just a grounding. Saying, there's a grounding I, in it. Well, there's a grounding, yes. Yeah, so that is a, it's, it's a blessing to read it, but it's even a bigger blessing to understand it. Yes, right. Because it has right. implications of how I see the future. Yes, absolutely. 100% yes. right. Now, That's years great. ago, years ago, um, it's a little bit of a long story. Uh, not a long, long story, but a friend of mine uh, from Virginia, uh, she is an amazing woman. She has contacts, I mean, all over the United States and, and Israel. So she said, I want you to, uh, I want you to talk to my good friend from Midland, Texas. So I said, yeah, sure. He, he said, uh, she said, she'll put you on a speaking tour out there. Um, <laughs> Is that Patty? It's Patty May, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I said, all right. And, um, not now, uh, Mary has gone to be with the Lord. So I went out there and she sure enough set up a, uh, a regular speaking uh, circuit for me. In fact, I spent many times out. In, I love West Texas. I mean, I loved it. And it would be my wife's worst nightmare, but I'd love to go there. 
but I loved West Texas. So Mary had a friend, and I, I don't know her name, the friend's name. And Mary told her, in my presence, she said, you ask John all the questions you want that he knows Bible prophecy. Now, now this woman was older than me. It doesn't matter, but she was older than me. But she followed me like a little puppy dog. <laughs> and, and we'd sit down, we'd sit down, and she'd have one question for me and another question for me. She even got two pastors from her church to have lunch with us. And um, she wanted the pastors to hear me in Bible prophecy and all of that, which I don't think that they were that much interested. But she had, she I don't know if she twisted their arm. I don't know how she got them to have lunch with us. So we're sitting in Mary's kitchen, and um, she's asking me, not Mary, but this other woman. She asked me question after question, so I was answering it. And finally she said to me, Oh, 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 yeah, but that's a different story. But she finally she says to me, you know, now I think it's all come together in my mind. I understand the prophecy. And she said, I think now I'm ready to die. And it kind of like, it kind of like oh, wow. shocked me because that's why she was so, I mean, just pumping me and pumping me for the scriptures. And I was answering all the questions. And we were sitting in Mary's kitchen, and she I still see her face, and she said that it took me back. I went, "Wow!" So um, she was going. I was leaving, and she was going for a minor operation the following week, and uh, she said, "I'm a little bit nervous about this operation," but she said, "I got peace. I got peace." And it all had to do about the prophecy. She wanted. Uh, Big picture of the problem. I mean, I spent a lot of time with it, like a tutor. And uh, Mary mm -hmm. called me, and she died on the operating table. Wow. A week a week later. Wow. It was, it was like a week. Because I was leaving, and she told me, it was probably less than a week, and uh, she told me she was going for the operation. And, and I said, okay, I, I don't know if I prayed for her or not. I don't remember that. But I do know she told me... Like before she died, she she un, she had to know Bible prophecy, and she said, "Well, I'm ready to die now." And sure wow. enough, a couple days later, she didn't make it through the operation. That's that's something, isn't it? But it does. I mean, it does bring peace. But Randy has a comment. He said, "Patty May cuts your hair better than anybody." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, my hair would drive Patty May, Patty May crazy, <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just an inside joke, folks, about a friend of ours. And was I was I right about Patty knows everyone? Uh, well, not everyone, she but does. she's kind of, yeah. She does. It's true, absolutely. When I went to Israel, yeah. when I went to Israel, she said to me, "Okay, now." Uh, I'm going to talk to the mayor of, um, what's the name of that city? Oh, my goodness. The mayor of, um, uh, it's right on the coast, north of. Uh, north Is of, it Haifa? No, 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 below Haifa, north of, of um, Tel Aviv. It's, um, it's very nice. It's a very quaint town. 
Anyways, so then she calls me back and she said, no, he, he won't be able to meet with you. He's, um, uh, he's going to be out of town. <laughs> <laughs> so she gave uh-huh. me, a li- she gave me a list of names and phone numbers to look up when I, uh, uh-huh. when I went there. She does. She knows everyone. But, and she's probably cut their hair too. Yeah, but my hair would drive her crazy when she looked at it. But she had she had her her um, all of her equipment. She cut your hair. We watched her. Yeah. <laughs> in the driveway. Yeah. In, the oh, in the driveway. Yeah. Well, but what happened was it was right off her walkway, and it had rained, and the ground was soft. You remember? And yeah. I was sitting on the chair, and it sunk down into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and they were starting the uh, the service, and she wouldn't let me go. She goes, "No, I'm not finished." I said, "Patty, I gotta go. I'm I'm gonna be speaking. No, you gotta stay here." And she's cutting away at my hair. Oh my, what a circus that was! Yes, she's hysterically funny. But that that is amazing about that lady, isn't it? Where yeah. she could have peace. Yeah. She could have peace because of prophecy. That's really a witness, isn't it? Yeah, and then one funny story about I was with her and Mary, and we were at a um, an older church there. The church was maybe 100 years old. And I was speaking, and I really felt embarrassed for the pastor because um, an older woman, she had been in that church for many, many years. I can even tell you where she was sitting because it's, burnt in my mind she was sitting to on my left hand side you know there was a, a an aisle in the middle and there was pews on the right and on the left she was on the left hand side about three rows back so when i finished she stood up and she said i haven't heard preaching here like this since pastor so-and-so preached in 1937 i'll never forget it. that's what she said she said I haven't heard amen from preaching like this. There's fire in that preaching, brother. And I, the pastor was right there. And I felt I felt like I don't know what to say. You know, he, I mean, she kind of really ripped the pastor there about not preaching with fire or something. <laughs> Hopefully he was encouraged to do that. Yeah. All well, right. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. Yeah, and I can't ask Mary uh, that woman's name because Mary's gone to be with the Lord. Uh, Mary was very interesting. She raised, uh, she was a sheep herder, and she raised a um, top quality type of sheep. I have no idea what it was. And I remember talking to Wild Olive about it once. And then she um, donated a whole bunch of the sheep to Israel. And they flew those uh, sheep over to Israel. And this was like in the 1970s, I think. Mary was a very, very wealthy woman, very wealthy. And um, uh, she flew them over. And then she said most of the stock in Israel of the sheep come from her. That's incredible. yeah, Yeah, yeah. So when I would go to Israel and I would see the sheep, I would wonder if they were coming, from, they were Mary's sheep or not. And this, this was the lady. She's in West. She was in West Texas. Midland. Yeah, Midland. 
Oh, Midland. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Thank you so much, Sean. That's a good story. Yeah, I, I mean, in, in out west there, um, they they brought the mayor and the chief of police and a whole bunch of others uh, for a um, like a luncheon, and I I the whole Republican Party was there, like, and I was the speaker. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was well received out in West Texas. Wow. I didn't know that, anything like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was Odessa. Midland and Odessa are kind of like twin cities. So this brother says to me, um, uh, are, are you free tonight? And I, I said, I happen to be free that night. I said, yeah. He said, let me call. There's a great Bible study. Let me call. I said, all right. So he calls. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They want you to come. They want you to come. So he, he had ju- he had a brand new pickup truck and that those roads there are straight as can be. <laughs> and he got in that pickup truck and he was carrying the mail. Now I looked over and he was, it was pegged at a hundred <laughs> on that. And, uh, I said to him, man, you're, you're really, uh, yeah. I said, you're carrying the mail. That's what I said to him. He goes, yeah. And we went from Odessa to north of Odessa. Oh, it's about an hour. It's about 120 miles for, for a Bible study. And we went, he never went under 100 miles an hour to that Bible study. <laughs> I can't think there's a college there, the big college town. So, I mean, 120 miles, jumped in the truck and off we went. And I remember preaching in the prison there and a whole bunch of prisoners came to the Lord. That was a real good event there in the prison. Okay. I'm going to call it a night. So God bless everybody. Thank you. Um, Lubbock. Is it Lubbock, Texas? I think it was Lubbock where the Bible study was Lubbock. I mean, I think hard about driving 120 miles, you know, I mean, like that, but he did it 120 miles at 100 miles an hour. So, all right, God bless everybody. Now, tomorrow, uh, Mr. Sharon, are you going to be able to cover me tomorrow morning? At some point, yes, definitely will be there. And hopefully, Eve and Kathy and we get to, and Paula Jean, she'll get up real early and we just have a good time. Okay. And I- maybe Larry. Yeah, because I don't stream. Uh, I go to a men's um, prayer meeting, men's pastor prayer meeting on Wednesday morning. Right, right. So uh, Sharon will be there and um, Sister Kathy will be there and others. So call in. Right. It's not streamed. You got to call in. If I have to, I'll just leave that phone going and we'll listen. Okay. And we'll, we'll share. Now, tomorrow night we'll be doing a discipleship. And I got a lot of things going on in my mind. Uh, that you know, there's just a lot of in scriptures for discipleship, folks. In fact, I mean, all of it in, in well, the Psalms too, and Proverbs, but in the New Testament, uh, Paul, especially Paul's writings, and the, well, they're all, all in New Testament, Peter's writings. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into uh, discipleship, and um, we'll make Wednesday night uh, discipleship night. If you continue in my word, 
then ye are my disciples indeed. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And then the third one is about fruit. Um, I just can't think of it right now. Like if you're my disciples, you'll bear much fruit. So those are three really important scriptures to build discipleship around. Because he, he, the Lord tells us, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. And that's someone that's in God's word. It's one of the evidences that we're a disciple of his. All right. God bless everybody. And uh, see you uh, tomorrow night. Lord willing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He gave life everlasting, gave life everlasting, his life everlasting, his life everlasting. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, His only begotten Son.